Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, My Old Friend the Money Doctor. We hear from an official master formulator and the West Cork business making furniture for the finest hotels. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, time to reconnect with an old friend. I used to speak to him every week, and then I didn't speak to him for ages. But the good news is he's with us now. John Lowe, the money doctor. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Jonathan. And it is really good to talk to you, I might add. And I did enjoy those uh, many occasions in News Talk uh, when you used to fire the questions at me. Yes, many questions, as many questions as I could. But the thing is, you'd literally written the book on it, so you were able to give the answers. And the good news is, the latest version is available now. Money Doctors 2021. Um, and, and you have a very relevant green sticker on the front saying COVID-19, mm. the facts and the tax. So it's obviously a little different to the previous yellow books that you've produced. It certainly is, because we I've got a number of, of new chapters in there. But that COVID one is, is particularly uh, appropriate. An awful lot of people are still worried, Jonathan, that you know when these pay- payments, these COVID payments, PUP payments, uh, EWSS payments stop. Um, first of all, the, already there's a number of people, a number of thousands of people who've got a, a revenue tax bill. Uh, for last year and they they because they haven't gone back into their employment uh, these uh, pub payments and EWSS payments uh, are effectively they're getting them without payment of tax but are they putting the money away and so the chapter in the book basically gives you the bell book and candle on what's going to happen but the good news uh, and I can cut it short (laughs) is that revenue will allow you to uh, spread it out over four years by by reducing your tax credits. That's the essential. Okay, so in other words, you will have to pay it back, but uh, there's almost a payment plan built in that you're going to be able to do it via your tax credits. John, it's it's been a terrible year um, for, for lots and lots of people who've seen their incomes completely fall apart. And there there isn't... There isn't enough time in the day to advise somebody who has seen their revenue fall away. Um, but what have you been saying to those who've been worst affected by the pandemic? Well, it's like anything, Johnson, to be very fair. And there are an awful lot of people who uh, are just getting by on those pup payments, those EWSS payments. And they're hoping that, you know, when they stop that their uh, former employments or their former businesses um, can kind of, you know, crank up again. But there's going to be, unfortunately, an awful lot of redundancies, an awful lot of liquidations. But for those people, whoever they are, um, the first thing you've got to do is is do a budget. You really have to do a budget this time of year. It's a brilliant time of year to do a budget. Uh, budget planner, spreadsheet. I mean, uh, again, if any of your listeners want one, I give, I, I post it to them for free, uh, email it to them for free. There's no, there's no charge. But this is a really important exercise where you have to find out what does it cost me to run my life on a monthly basis? If I have a, a partner, if I have children, if I have, you know, you've all got costs. No matter what happens, you are going to spend money, food, uh, accommodation, whether it's mortgage or a rent, you're still going to be paying money out. So you can actually work out precisely how much it is uh, expenditure you need in order to just, just survive. So the question is then when you've come up with that figure, 
uh, you've then got to find out, uh, you know, does your social welfare uh, coverage, if it doesn't, you've got to start looking around, just down the CV, do a whole raft of other things. But um, you, you use the ingenuity that you have, that we've all been blessed with, that we'll eventually come out of all of this and we'll come out on the other side, in, on the right side. Now, when we talk about this, um, we are also aware that there is a second cohort of people whose lives have been relatively unaffected by this. In fact, if anything, they've got more money now than they had before because they didn't spend it on holidays and they haven't been able to go out for nights out or they haven't been spending Mm. money in the shops because the shops are closed. So there are people with a lot of extra disposable cash out there. Uh, I mean, should it just be left sitting in the account, Father Ted style, or should they be doing something with it? (laughs) That's a $64,000 question, Jonathan. Um, You've got to bear in mind that the best demand rate at the moment is 0.1% or 0.01%. And after uh, dirt taxes, 0.0067%. Only last weekend, the NTMA, the National Treasury Management Agency, they actually reduced all of their state savings. So I can tell you right now, the very, very best deposit rate in Ireland is the 10-year National Solidarity Bond. It is... Um, 10% tax-free at the end of 10 years. Last weekend, it was 16%. So that 10%, if you went to you know Bank of Ireland or AIB and said, here, there's 100 grand, give me 110,000 in 10 years' time. Well, because they have to deduct dirt at 33%, their tax, um, they'd have to give a rate every year of 1.43% gross, Jonathan. And that is the best rate and the best deposit rate in Ireland currently, 1.43. So... It's not very attractive to put money away. I will tell you this, though. There's a, a very a kind of true story and also um, unbelievable story where a man was uh, made redundant last May. He was in his early 40s. And so he got 40,000. It wasn't a whole heap that he knew he had to kind of, that had to kind of keep him going for six months while he searched for a, 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 another employment. So what, rather than just put it in the account, earning nothing and also he, he, he didn't fancy actually if he did put it in the account he'd only start spending them so he put it into prize bonds Jonathan he put the oh you're not going on still about the prize bonds are you you're forever going on yeah, about the prize bonds back in the day are they still yeah. there <laughs> well let me tell you this let me tell you this because what actually happened with this gentleman he um, he knew that he had to wait three months until he could touch the money again he knew he also had to give seven days notice at the end of that three months he also knew that the government were 100% back in the money but he also knew that he was in the draw straight away guess what a week later he won the million and when i tell you there's only two of those one millions available in the year and last weekend the prize bonds were dropped the one million was dropped completely and the other million was split into four into two hundred and fifty thousand prizes each four times a year so he was one, he was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, sure. well, I tell you, I, I, all the prize bonds I bought on your advice, I still have them. Yes, but they, none of them have paid out to the tune of a million euro. I can tell you. Well, let me say, I think it was probably around, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been given advice. And I'll tell you one real um, uh, in, uh, true story of a, a lady who was listening to me on News Talk and she heard me talking about gold, not prize bonds. And she decided to, because of that, uh, to, to go out and buy the, uh, some gold. And she put 100,000 Jonathan into the gold. Six months later, she came into my office in Slorgan and uh, she introduced herself. And she said, I listened to you on the radio. You advised to go get a certain percentage of, of the you know your wealth into gold. And I did. I got 100,000 in. It's now worth 143,000, she said. What should I do now? 
Well, I said, <laughs> you know, this is now nine and a half years ago. I said, I'll tell you what you do. You take your 100,000 out, that's the stake, and you put it back to wherever you got it from, or you want to maybe put it into something else. But leave the 43,000. That's a free ride. So she did that, and nine and a half years later, she's now a very good client of mine. You know what that 43,000 is worth, Jonathan? Go on. 117,000. And See, it's a now, free but, ride. Uh, rough, roughly 10% for you, 10% for me. We're doing okay on that, actually. We, 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 we'll come out quite well once we subtract our commission. Uh, John, are people better or worse at managing their finances now? I mean, it used to be the case, no, oh, they are better. No was, much to our they are, they are better, but, but they are better, but they're not, they're still not doing the two hours a month that you really should be doing on your own personal finances. That's the, that's the ideal. But at, at um, you know, compared to, say, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago um people have been, it's you know the old saying once bitten twice shy you know you have a look at the credit card debt is it's it's coming down incredibly and you know like even again last weekend on plus money decided to extend their already incredible offer if you transfer the balance of your credit card debt over to them it was 12 months it's now 15 months so if you have a 1500 debt can't get rid of it and who 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 really has in one month a spare 1500 to pay off your credit card debt well transfer it over to them and pay 100 a month for 15 months and that's the end of it you've got no credit card debt and you're you're free so i mean it, it, they are getting better and um i mean even the credit unions for instance johnson they're having a pretty rough time at the moment because um their surplus monies uh, are being charged by the two pillar banks 0.65 by aib 0.4 by bank of ireland with the result that virtually the majority of credit unions have written out to their customers and asked them that they're reducing their thresholds of of savings so to mainly it's fifteen thousand for most of the credit unions so th th there's, there's issues there and of course you know, it's not just the, the uh, credit unions who are going to be charged. I'd say within three months to maybe six months, you'll find that the people who have over 20 grand in a bank account will be charged for the pr privilege of leaving it there with mm. the bank. Okay. So, yeah. So, in other words, it's constantly evolving. But the good news is, John, you'll probably have Money Doctors 2022 out uh, next year to deal with all of those problems. But right now, uh, Money Doctors 2021 by John Lowe is available in all good bookshops and indeed the bad ones as well. What's the website, John, if people want to look you up? It's, it's moneydoctors.ie. Actually, it's also available, Jonathan, in, would you believe, a supermarkets, Tesco, Dunn Stores and Super Value. Well, John, look, it's well worth the read. It was lovely to talk to you again after all these years. Uh, keep in touch and thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much indeed, Jonathan. Thank you. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, a first for the Red Business Podcast. I don't think we've ever had a master formulator on before, and I'm very much intrigued to find out what the job entails. Tracy Ryan, MD and master formulator of Codex Beauty. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Um, what is a master formulator? So a master formulator is a very fancy way, I suppose, of saying that I create the products at Codex Beauty. So um, a formulator, like a cosmetic scientist, um, I work in research and development, making new skincare products. Okay, and define skincare products as it's a fairly broad term. So uh, is it skin for the face, the feet, the nose or what? 
For anywhere in the body. So at the moment, we have a line of face products. So moisturizers, exfoliating washes, facial oils, that kind of thing. But we have lots in the pipeline. So body products, hand products, feet products, the lot. Uh, This is not presumably where you thought your career was going to start out. How come you branched into it? Um, So... I've always been completely obsessed with plants. That's always been my thing. So I studied um, horticulture first and then I went on and I did a degree in herbal science because that was kind of the direction I was most interested in. And I thought that I would practice as a medical herbalist. Um, I thought after I had my degree, I would do some clinical training and I would go out and practice. But I actually really didn't like dealing with patients. I just liked the plants. So the plant the plant wouldn't complain, whereas the patient might. Exactly. I can see your logic there. Yes, exactly. I prefer to be in the field with the plants, not talking back to me. Um, so I was finishing my degree in CIT and I had started some clinical training and I realized, oh my God, this is not for me. I really don't want to have to see patients. It's not my thing. So CIT is a great college for entrepreneurship and they are connected to the Rubicon Center. So it was actually the very first year that they had a student program, kind of like um, an incubation kind of center in the Rubicon where we could go over and we could learn about setting up a business and explore the whole idea. So I won a scholarship for the summer to the Rubicon Center with some couple of other guys who had business ideas. And I just learned about the world of setting up your own business. And I thought, look, I'm really interested in making things from plants. I love making skincare products. I'd messed around with a bit of it before. So the idea for having my own skincare line came about. Is it true that you were kind of twiddling about on your kitchen table concocting potions uh, and and yes. going through the motions of finding out what worked and what didn't? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had my oldest boy in my final year in college. He was born during my final year and I started making his own nappy creams and his own like bath oils and all sorts of stuff like that. My husband has fierce sensitive skin, so I'd always kind of, you know, made things at home for him, like my own laundry liquid, my own shampoos. I just loved messing around with things like that. So, yeah, I had been kind of messing around at the kitchen table with skincare for quite a while. So when I set up the business, that literally where it started um when my son had gone to bed at night i used to clean down the kitchen table disinfect uh. everything and go, right now i'm going to make some products and i'm going to do a bit of r&d and see what i can come up with so yeah it was very much a kitchen table business yeah i mean i get given out for leaving a plate on the table i can only imagine what <laughs> condition you were leaving the kitchen and afterwards if you're making exactly. all of those potions uh, what was the exactly. what was the big move though i mean how did you encounter yeah. this silicon valley entrepreneur by the name of barbara Pitas? Yeah, that that was a big jump. So I ran my small business, Be A Beauty, in Ireland for about seven years. Um, we graduated into our own manufacturing unit and, you know, we grew little bits, little bit by little bit each year. And then in 2018, uh, Barb from Silicon Valley um, had the idea that she wanted to put together like a global collection of skincare products. Um, and she looked to Ireland as one of the places where she would source a brand from. She was really interested in going to countries where there is a tradition of plant medicine and plants being used. And like we have an amazing tradition in Ireland. So this was one of the countries she came looking to. And she had she had worked with somebody already in Ireland. I mean, she'd been 
big involved in biotech and pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. That's her background. So she knew quite a lot of people in Ireland through different companies. So she asked one of her contacts to have a look in Ireland and find her a natural skincare company. And we happened to come to her attention. And she came over to Ireland to meet me and asked me, could she buy Be A Beauty and would we become part of the Codex family? So... We said, yeah, absolutely. Right. And I, I'm guessing at that stage, yeah, you, you were you were slightly bemused and confused by this and uh, delighted at the same time. <laughs> but you had to kind of give up your baby um, yeah. to a certain degree because you, you ended up being part of this bigger company. How difficult was that? So, I mean, parts of it were difficult. Parts of it were really easy. Um, you know, when you run your own business, you are a control freak. You like to do everything yourself. You're just used to doing everything yourself. So that's absolutely difficult to suddenly become part of a team and have to look for permissions and have to work with people and bang ideas off each other but like also running your own business is incredibly lonely sometimes as people will always say so you know it the idea of having a team to knock ideas off of and having experts in different areas and not having to be the expert in every area um was a massive thing for us and then just things like cash flow as a small business life is tough you know there's a lot of supports along the way but then you get to a certain size and you have to keep growing and growing and you know we were kind of struggling to get bigger um i had a young family that was growing i was struggling to give it as much time as it needed so the idea of joining a bigger business and becoming part of a team was was like definitely attractive to us um, and when we heard about the type of plans that Barb had it was just a bit of a no-brainer like we had had interest before from investors and we've talked to various people about you know progressing the business that way but it never really sit, sit, sat right with us it wasn't the right move but this mm. was I just knew this was the right move for the business. Yeah, well, that might have been an easy decision. Um, and I suppose setting up the kitchen table was easy. But you've learned a lot about business in the interim as well. And more importantly, you learned about Brexit and the risk that a little company like yours, as it was, might have encountered as a result. How did you navigate the, the choppy waters of Brexit? Yeah, so for if we had have still been a small um, Irish business, I mean, we would have been on our knees now because of Brexit. A lot of our suppliers were based in the UK. Um, but when we joined Codex, we were doing a lot of things from scratch. So we were appointing a contract manufacturer. So we all knew Brexit was looming. And we said, well, we're, you know, we're not going to look to the UK for a contract manufacturer. We're going to look to Ireland. And in fact, you know, there's, there's, there's some good options here. So that was a bit of a no-brainer. We found a fantastic contract manufacturer um, based in Tullamore. Um, and then when it came to looking for suppliers and different things like that, we just had it in our heads that, you know, we we can't keep looking to the UK. We're going to have to look into Europe or look back into Ireland and see, can we get these needs met? Because it's going to be a problem. So some things we were able to avoid, like we made sure we picked the fulfillment center based here in Cork and um, Crane Logistics rather than going to the going to Europe. Um, but then there's some things like we make soap in-house ourselves and we're reliant on the UK for some of our raw materials. Um, and it has been a, a nightmare, really, trying to navigate that, um, trying to buy in in as much bulk as we could before the new year. And now we're at the mercy of we don't know when things are going to arrive. We don't know what extra charges are going to get put on. It's quite hard to work out cost of goods and things like that. So, yeah, it has been has been a, a real headache for mm. us. Yes, but that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger and all that and you'll have a more robust business eventually when it all does settle down. So what's next? I mean, first of all, where are the products currently available? Because I'm guessing if you're part of Codex as a brand, you're not just uh, hanging around Cork anymore, are you? 
No, we're not. We're international. So, well, I'm very proud to say that we have some great stockists in Ireland. Um, Macaulay's Pharmacy, Kilkenny Design, um, McCabe's. We've got some fantastic stockists here in Ireland. But really excitingly, we're also available in Saks in the US. We're available in John Bell and Croydon across the water in the UK. Um, we've got some amazing stockists around the country. Uh, we've just gone into the Middle East. Um, we've just had an order go out to South Africa. So we're definitely global. Like we have a global team and we have global sales teams based all over the world. So that's really exciting to see the products being sold literally all over the world at this stage. Um, so yeah, very exciting. Okay, well, look, I mean, it sounds like you're you're on the up and up. Um, what, what would you recommend now for a fella who's at the end of the winter with fierce dry skin? You could nearly, I could nearly be used as sandpaper at this point. What should I do, Tracy? <laughs> Oh, we have the product for you. We have an amazing product. It's called Skin Superfood. It's an absolutely all magical cream. It does some great things. It's really good at hydrating the skin. It's actually based on a range of native Irish ingredients. Um, we call them the Bia Complex. We filed a patent and we were awarded a patent last year for this um, blend of extracts. It's actually a blend of extracts I came up with while I was at college in CIT. So it's something that I've been working on for a long time. They're native Irish plants. They all hydrate hydrate the skin in various different but complementary ways so the perfect solution to okay. people's skin this time of year when it's dry and we've got maskne and all these issues facing us it's yeah it's a dream product and you sell it by the bucket oh we do yeah <laughs> just what i just <laughs> what i needed it. to hear <laughs> you can find out more about the products at uh, codexbeauty.com uh, where you'll find a whole lot about Bia Beauty, which uh, spun out of a kitchen table in Dripsy and is now available around the world. Master Formulator and MD Tracy Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure, Tracy. Best of luck and we'll talk again. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been great. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. Now, my next guest is the new president of of Network in West Cork and we'll get to that in just a minute but first of all Catherine O'Sullivan I want to talk to you about business how are you Catherine? Hi Jonathan um, we're all well um, yeah we're doing all well here down in Skirreen in West Cork at the moment Now your company is O'Donnell Furniture Makers and, and just a quick look at the website you have done some stunning stuff in some of the world's finest hotels, haven't you? I'm looking at the Royal Lancaster in London. You've also been working in Dromolan Castle, uh, the Mont in Dublin, very fancy new hotel. I mean, you guys work at the very top of the game, don't you? Absolutely. Um, we certainly do. Um, we we have meet all sorts, but the business is um, O'Donnell Furniture is in business with um, 40 years now, which has been set up primarily by Jim O'Donnell, um, director and the managing director is A. O'Donnell, um, who is current, they're both currently active in the business and my own role is general manager, so it's over the daily operations of the business, but we supply furniture from our manufacturing facility here in Skibbereen um, throughout Ireland and into the UK and into Europe, um, like namely Paris, Copenhagen, we have um, service projects in those areas. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. 
And you guys don't, it, it, it's not, and I'm not, want, I don't want to denigrate IKEA because IKEA do good stuff for the house, but <laughs> it, it's not just kind of lash it together stuff in a weekend. Yours is all bespoke, isn't it? Yeah, ours is bespoke. Um, like we don't technically design here. We're led by designers and architects from all over the globe, essentially. And um, the uh, hotel owners or luxury apartment owners would employ them to come up with their design or their creativity and basically we produce their design. So each project is individual as such um, within those designs, but we just have to make it makeable, um, which can be interesting at times. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, and very specialist kind of uh, work, really, isn't it? You've got a huge factory uh, operating out of Skibreed as well. How many how many colleagues do you have there? Um, we uh, there's, there's 45 of us here at the moment on the base, and then we would have we have staff in the UK um, also, and then we would have um, indirect teams, um, mainly fitters and installers on site, and uh, there we could be up to 25 more of them at any point in time working for us. Um, both we have teams mm. in Ireland and teams in the in the UK. Um, the facility here is 60,000 square feet um it's a big facility um and it, the the family um jim o'donnell and a o'donnell have built it over the um, past um 30 years they originally started out in palady hub in um, a little shed so um they've come a long way but that's about and overcome many challenges along the way and um which is great so it's a huge achievement and it's um, a huge asset to the local area and the west cork area as well yeah yeah Catherine, we actually met before uh, at an event where, with Enterprise Ireland where we were talking about Brexit, which, of course, at the time was the biggest thing that was ever going to happen. Uh, little did we know, <laughs> a lot of other things were going to come along the lines. But, uh, you know, how, how have you managed like the Brexit issue and, and more importantly, the, the one that came along afterwards uh, that caused even more trouble, COVID-19? COVID-19. So, Brexit, um, yes, it, we did meet before, Jonathan, and well done on remembering that. Um, I hope <laughs> for the right reasons, Jonathan, you're remembering. Oh, for the very right, no, no, absolutely for the right reasons. <laughs> uh, but, yes, um, Brexit was a big, uh, well, it would have been considered a, an enormous threat to the old Donald furniture business because we would have been exporting 90% plus of our product into the UK back in 2016. So it really was just accept the change was coming and didn't decide how we were going to handle that change and how we were going to protect the business heading into that change. So it, we planned from the, from the start, we just started into planning so it was automatic, hedging of funding and making sure that our sterling and that we weren't gambling with the currency exchange rate, etc. And then we set about between the, the three-year period in between, we train staff um, on customs and customs clearances. We put agents in place so that we have an agent based here. We have an agent in Europe. We have an agent in the UK um, so that we could ensure that the paperwork would flow through. Um, we have always been in contact with our customers and our supplier basis. We used, again, Enterprise Ireland are amazing. We used different training programs with them. We looked at our supply chain management. Um, and we, we, we put all the essentials in place, like the EOR, EORI numbers, um, etc., and um, our comprehensive guarantees with the bank and revenue. So we just prepared and prepared in every way that we could, but always kept an open mind to the fact that it was ever-changing, and it continues to be ever-changing, Jonathan. I literally, 
an hour ago got another urgent alert up on my phone from Customs Clear from another update this morning on one of the forms. It's, so it's very live at the moment, but we have had um, and five, six trucks have gone into the UK for us since the 1st of January 2021, and thankfully we have had no delays, we have been on site on time, and our, our systems are running clear. So it's working. Well, look, as I said, we have to put the best foot forward no matter what circumstance we're facing. Anyway, Catherine, we could keep talking about um, O'Donnell Furniture for hours, right? But we do need to talk about Network Ireland and Network Ireland West Cork. You have awards coming up soon. The National um, are launching the awards on International Women's Day, which is the um, 8th of March this year. Um, So that'll be the official launch. But we normally here in West Cork, we do a little tap into it in um, February. That's the way we worked on it. So we're going to launch our awards um, at an event in on the 22nd of February this year. Um, but we're doing it slightly different because previously it's been focused very much around Network Ireland and the participants within Network Ireland. Um, but this year we have built the event around speakers whose businesses have been catapulted by award participation. Um, and But not just our, not Network Ireland's awards, not just them, and not just the people who won awards. So we've um, a diverse speaker panel um, of people with different experiences of how awards have really benefited their businesses and have led to greater things. No, it sounds like a great night. Now, obviously, you'd love to be stuck together in somewhere at the Celtic Ross Hotel yeah. having a great time. But yeah. I'm presuming you're all putting on your glad rags and uh, going to the living room and doing a Zoom. Is yeah. that right? Correct. Yeah, it'll all be virtual. Um, that's the way it is and in, the, in the interest of safety. But, um, yeah, we're learning how to do them all a bit better now where we can get a bit more engagement from people and get people involved. So um items like panel discussions can bring about that as opposed to just having um an event where it's just constantly one person speaking so it's just trying to bring the engagement of everybody and to bring the interest in as well okay well look it's going to be a great night no matter what and uh it's fingers crossed going to be yeah. one of the few that uh, we'll do virtually this year with events coming back hopefully uh, in the second half of the year the network ireland west cork event is on the 22nd of february and if you're looking to get involved how do you get involved okay so you just need to book the tickets on event right um jonathan um is is just how you get um to book them and that's it you just get registered there um our keynote speaker on the night outside of the panel is lord david putnam has agreed to speak um for us and lord putnam is really relevant right now um, and he's ticking a lot of boxes for us because he has just launched the putnam award himself a film award in collaboration with fastnet film festival um and he embodies overarching team this year because my team for the year is embracing change and he certainly is an individual who has embraced change over the years um so he's yes. our keynote speaker on the night which we're absolutely chilled and um chuffed that he decided that he'd work with us on this so just okay Catherine. well look the best of luck to you and everybody involved in network ireland down in west cork yeah, it's going to be a great night, no doubt. Sure, look, as I said, you'll raise a glass of champagne uh, to everyone else, even if they can't be with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Catherine O'Sullivan of O'Donnell Design Limited and also President of West Cork Network. Thanks for talking to us, Catherine. Thanks a million, Jonathan. Thank you. 
My thanks as always to all of my guests. Don't forget, every episode is available from redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Goff was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. 